0: Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles, and this is the next edition of The Doctrinal Component. We are looking at 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. At a confession of faith, it is called the mystery of godliness. Uh, the sixth article confession says he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Last time we looked at the phrase, he was manifested in the flesh. And so today we're looking at this phrase, vindicated by God the Spirit. Uh, this, this, this particular phrase affirms the uh, necessity of the operation of the Spirit of God in Jesus Christ as incarnate, in His human nature, in order for him to accomplish in His human nature those things that would be, that would finally be redemptive for those that He came to save. So there's a vindicating, a justifying presence, there's a necessary work, of the Spirit. As we mentioned last time, Luke 1:35 actually begins this when it says, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you." Uh, this mysterious operation of the Spirit was when the Spirit came upon Mary and uh, created within her egg a true human being out of her own body. Uh, The Holy Spirit fertilized her egg, as it were. And then at that same moment, without any separation in time, that same text tells us, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, the Most High has already been used in that text to refer to God the Father. So what we have happening in the womb of the Virgin Mary is the establishing of a true human nature that is at that very moment, also embraced by the eternally generated Son of God. The one who eternally is Son of God, generated by the Father, is within her at that time becoming one person with the human nature that has been created by the Holy Spirit. So that is the first element of the mystery of godliness. uh, That this thing that is revealed and this thing that Could not happen apart from the wisdom and power of God. The Holy Spirit came upon her. The power of the Most High overshadowed her so that the holy thing conceived in her would be called the Son of God. Amazing, isn't it? The holy thing conceived in her. As far as its conception was concerned, that holy thing had a beginning. It was conceived in her. As far as its personhood was concerned... He was eternal because the foundation of the personhood was the eternal person of the Son of God, eternally generated by the Father. And so this incarnation, as we've already said, was necessary for the work of redemption. But we see that it was the work of the Spirit that brought about the pure human nature that was conceived in the womb of Mary. So that is the first element that we find of the Spirit vindicating the one who became incarnate. We also read uh, in Luke 2.52 Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now this is something that did not happen specifically in his deity. As Son of God, he was always beloved. He shared love with the Father from before the foundation of the world. But in his humanity, though he was never sinful, never corrupt, nevertheless, each step of the way he increased in wisdom. His humanity increased in wisdom. His humanity increased in stature. And as uh, he continued to live in obedience to the Father, uh, he increased in favor with God as a result of a maturing righteousness uh, that was with within him, a maturing obedience. That we find in him. Uh, And he was increasing in favor with man. In chapter 4 of Luke, verses 1 and 2, we read, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And so after his baptism, he was full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove at that particular moment uh, preparing him, filling him for the specific task he had in his ministry of achieving a perfect righteousness, of uh, teaching the things of God, those things that uh, were eternally present in the mind of God and in the mind of the Son of God, uh, that those things that he is to tell us, he speaks those things that come from the Father and it is through the power of the Spirit, that these things are accomplished. Uh, so he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness then and was strengthened by the Spirit during this time of temptation. Romans 1.4 says then, He was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Now it does not say that he became the Son of God, but he was declared to be. Uh, When he was resurrected from the dead, he was resurrected, of course, in his humanity. But this declaration that this same one that was resurrected with a glorified body in his humanity was also the Son of God. This resurrection in power was accomplished by the Spirit. As the Spirit had been with Christ from the moment of his conception, from the time of his baptism, from his wilderness temptations uh, throughout his ministry. So in the resurrection, we see the Spirit still active in this one who is both God and man, showing us the true Trinitarian operation uh, for our redemption. And the fact that the Spirit still is vindicating Christ in his humanity, showing that his death has been accepted, that he is perfectly righteous, and that he is the one through whom death is conquered. We see this stated clearly in Hebrews 9:14, when the writer there says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now this is right at the heart of what we're talking about in this confession as being the mystery of godliness. So the blood of Christ cleanses us, but the blood of Christ can cleanse us only because he was perfect. He was without sin. He died the just for the unjust. And he died the just, he died righteous as one who had come to a point of absolute perfect obedience and he did this through the empowering work of the eternal spirit. As he reached that moment of culminating righteousness, he offered himself without blemish to God. And it is this very thing, therefore, that can purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Because he was godly. Because he achieved perfect godliness in his humanity. This determines that he will bring us to that state also. He will purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, One final verse that we want to see out of uh, the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, which uh, gives us a very encouraging note about uh, the work of Christ. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. So Christ himself has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And this is done through the operation of the Spirit of God on our hearts and minds because the Spirit also brought Christ to that point of perfect godliness by operating upon his heart and mind. I look forward to speaking with you about the next phrase in our next edition of The Doctrinal Component.